John Sheezer, I'm here. Eric Marino. Eric. No, I gotta tell you about the Clippers. Sportsaholics, I gotta. Let's just hope this shit doesn't go viral. And welcome to Thursday, September 12th. If you're listening, enjoy enjoy your walk of life. Eric, how you doing, man? I am actually walking life right now. I am walking around the block from New York City. I'm on 54th and 9th outside of a bar called Valhalla. Caesar, I just saw a great show. Guys, check out the Chris Gethard Project. He does a public access show uh, once a week, Wednesday nights, here at the, uh, the Manhattan Neighborhood Network. These, he gives Chris Gethard, who uh, has a great HBO special called Career Suicide. I mean, let's not call uh, it great. It's it's something. I mean, he had well, a. Well, sh- I I really like it. I really like it. So, and he and he has a history of success of public access here in New York. You can hear New York in the background right now. That's a real New York sounds. Fifty uh, fourth and Ninth, Hell's Kitchen. Yep. Uh, it and, sounds like and, you're. It sounds like you're right across the street from Engine Fifty Four, if I'm not mistaken. The carpet blowing are you? Um, so. He gives uh, a comic or group of comics an hour on public access once a week. It's an ever-changing show. It was really great. Uh, they put stuff on uh, online. I saw tonight's one of the guests was uh, Gary Richardson, who's somebody I worked with on Saturday Live, and he was hilarious. It was just a great show, something I recommend. It was And it was on 59th and 11th, so I'm just walking back, having drinks with friends now after the show. Also, Mark Stevens of the show up go up in the roast battle fame is coming up and meeting me for a drink and also she's today i'm going to tell you i officially feel like a new yorker uh i drove to the airport uh to get matt edgar uh because who's now moved to new york our comic friend matt edgar has moved to new york i picked him up i drove to the airport on 9 11 and matt says that life has moved on when you can drive so, to the airport okay. to pick up so, a friend okay, on 9 okay. Look, I'm stopping you right now. So that's what it takes to get picked up at the airport in New York? You have to officially move there? Well, now I have the car. Now I broke a whole new level. Caesar, I'm sorry that I didn't pick you up okay. at the airport. Okay, I see how it is. I see how it is. All right, but next, didn't we go on the road trip? See, that helped me. The road trip that we went together, she's up to Binghamton and that Warwick. That is true. Okay. I mean, I'm, right, not but, just- I'm not I mean, I'm not butt hurt. Uh, no, remember how we listened to jazz as we came into New York City, and I said I sort of appreciated jazz on a new level. I like listen to jazz; it helps you drive in traffic in New York. It's the sounds of the city. It was the. Anyway. I mean, no, let's just uh, look. I was in that moment. That was the best jazz has ever sounded in my life. Right. A Sunday afternoon, p- coming in on whatever fucking highway that was, it just looking over at the river and just helicopters taking off it was just it made sense it was so busy i'm like okay i totally get the sounds that inspired the jazz musicians of the 20s 30s 40s made sense uh, it was amazing it was amazing to drive in i got to drive matt edgar in uh the lights of the world trade where the world trade center has been were spotlights you know the the empire state building was red white and blue uh, you know it's bringing matt in on his uh just flew in on 9 11 2019 and uh, you could see, you know, where the World Trade Center been, the new Freedom Tower. Uh, it was, it was a really cool. It was a cool city, a cityscape. Um, just awesome. And, that, and uh, listeners, if, if you're not familiar, Matt Edgar, very funny, very funny comedian. Now you can see him apparently probably all over New York because it won't. If he's not in clubs already, it won't take him and, long. 
And listeners, if you don't know what happened on 9-11-2001, you know, never forget. Yep, and I'm sticking to my story. If you're under 25, like, I don't want to hear, like yesterday's episode, I don't want to hear or care to hear about how your kindergarten day was ruined because of 9-11. But by the way, geez, by the way, everybody, last day, yesterday we talked about how it was 9-11, and uh, Trot Nixon, the Red Sox uh, World Series champion, Trot Nixon, had a son on 9-11-2001, and you went that extra mile, did some research, geez, Chase Nixon, and he's a recruit in North Carolina. He's a football recruit. He's in quarterback. His senior year. Is that quarterback. There you go. Class of 2020, I believe. So you've got. That's how live we are. That happened yesterday. It's the 12th today. She's. Well, let's get into uh, let's get into some of today's history on September 12th, 1911. Let's Boston Cy Young versus Christy Mathewson will beat Christy Mathewson uh, nine to zero. Uh, That's why it's called the Cy Young Award and not the Christy Matheson. Thank and, you. And I'm and I'm not sure, but I I believe they were both in the inaugural Hall of Fame class with Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb and uh, one other one. But and this is again off the top of my head, so this may be completely wrong. But if it wasn't Christy Matheson, another famous pitcher from that era, but uh, horrible nerve gas in World War One, so I had to retire early. Uh, it died early because of that. Pretty sure that was Christy Mathewson. But that was in 1911, oh, he moving on. Right. Uh, I'm going to jump right now to 1976. I didn't know this. Seattle Seahawks played their first regular game, a loss to the then St. Louis Cardinals, 30-24. to St. Louis, uh, Seattle, I'm sorry, the Seattle Seahawks, who were then in the AFC West against the Broncos and the Raiders. Uh, so they played their first game. Oh, and actually, uh, that's not true. The first season they were in the NFC, and then they flipped because the Buccaneers were in the AFC, and and then they flipped them, and then later on the Seahawks would go back, I guess technically to the NFC. And so, happy anniversary to the Seahawks. And the Cardinals, of course, previously before that were the Chicago Cardinals uh, in the '40s and I think '50s, whenever. But uh, to go back to 1914 on September 12th, Yankees shortstop Roger Peckinpah, 23, becomes the youngest manager in baseball history. Wow, twenty-three. That's younger than Theo Epstein. Wow. It's so I uh, let's see, nineteen thirty, Brooklyn Dodgers catcher Al Lopez hits Major League's last bounce home run. So they used to count the over the wall, not the no longer a home run ground rule double. So apparently, wait, not- how about nineteen seventy-nine? The Indiana Pacers cut Ann Myers, the first woman on an NBA club. I had never heard this story. Where's our thirty-three on Ann Myers, who was playing on the? Indiana Pacers. I like that story. I do remember it was way previous. It was like ESPN in the 90s when they were pitching because there was the WNBA and then they had another in women's league that started up right yeah, at the US. It was like the USL. It was the basketball association. Like Rebecca Lobo from Connecticut, I think, started originally in the USBL or whatever it was called. And it folded after a couple of years. And- yeah, the WNBA just outmarketed. And it was a little bit unfair because. You know the the the, the woman the other women's league that, that we're talking about the U.S. whatever it was called my my apologies uh, it was actually they played it during the the basketball season instead of the instead of the we got next we're just going to play when the men aren't using the arena uh, fill in kind of thing it was like a more it was, in some ways you could say it was more respectful but the WNBA with the NBA clout and marketing didn't really stand a chance there was a. Uh, uh... Styles, I remember it was her last name because her cousin went to elementary school with me. But it's like maybe Rebecca Styles, but I'm thinking maybe that's Rebecca Lobo. But 
she went to Missouri State, scored 50 points a game. But she, she, I remember, chose to go to that league instead of the WNBA in uh, 96 or whenever that league first first was formed. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I also know, you know, Reggie Miller's sister, uh, Cheryl Miller. I still believe Cheryl Miller, well, A, is better than Reggie Miller. Many people think that. And I think Cheryl could have totally played in the NBA. I often, you know, I, I mean, I, you know, we've been talking about the, uh, the member of the U.S. Women's National Team who uh, might be able to be a field goal kicker and maybe got offered two offers to try out next year with two different teams. Uh, you know, it's like I've always believed that I, I believe like a Cheryl Swoops or a, a, a what was it, a Lisa Leslie or, or a, you know, there were certain women that play various positions. And I, and I, and, and you know, it's like they could be point guards, guards. Uh, you know, small forwards, uh, the um, second baseman, you know what I mean? There are, you know, field goal kickers, punters, or, you know what I mean? Like, you could position, you know, it's like, why can't, why can't a woman, if a woman can cover center field and hit, I mean, what kind of contact sport is she, you know what I'm saying? It's like, she's not, she's not having to, she's not getting killed with a by break. No, I get play. that, but it's like, why, it's like, okay, so a 36-year-old woman can do a specialty thing. It's like, they're not trying out 36-year-old men bartenders that can hit, kick 55-year-old. You know, it's just it's a publicity thing. The NFL more than ever needs some positive woman reinforcement. They absolutely do. It's so, with, I think it I has more to do you, with that than anything. I was going to ask you that I didn't, I didn't see if Antonio Brown had killed anyone yet. So Yeah, you know. By the way, this day in 1979, Red Sox, good news, Carl Yastrzemski got his 3,000th hit over New York, New York Yankee Jim Beattie uh, Carl Yastrzemski, number eight, the captain, Captain Carl, my dad, my brother's favorite player. We both love Jim Rice. He loved Carl Yastrzemski. I love Fred Lynn, the, uh, Fred Lynn, the all-time greatest player, 1975, AL Rookie of the Year, AL MVP. No one else did it except for Ichiro, who wasn't really a rookie. Uh, and then Fred Lynn, also the only man to hit a grand slam in an all-star game, 1983. I called the shot. Yes. My dad said no one hits Grand Slams in the All-Star game. I said he's going to hit it out. He did. Boom. Don't bet against people. Six Super Bowls, four World Series. And oh. Carl Ustremski's grandson, Carl Ustremski's grandson, plays for Mike. the Giants. He sure does. Right now. Well, let's not forget 1953 when the Brooklyn Dodgers clinched the NL pennant earlier than any other team in NL baseball, or well, actually in baseball history, defeating the Braves. Uh, that well, day, 105-49 that year. We're going to get a lot of, uh, you know, we're going to get a lot of baseball stats, and we're going to get a lot of U.S. Open, I noticed. But here's one, 1964, Ralph Boston of the U.S. sets the then long jump record, 27 feet, 4.5 inches. Jeez, how long can you long jump? I think at my at my peak, 18 feet. I know I know the current high school record is like 26 and a half. So to kind of let you know, you could long jump 18 feet. I'm not so sure I could long jump six. Dude, I in uh, in college I touched 11 feet three inches on the on the vertical test, which is an inch, which is a foot and three inches above the basketball rim, and so. Like, uh, for those listeners that have ever been to the main room lobby at the comedy store, Eric, you're familiar. Yeah. It's kind of a, a kind of a high ceiling. Um, I was actually at when I was 26 or seven, I could jump up and touch the ceiling. I'd guess maybe it's like 10 foot, eight, nine inches, something like that. Um, that was in pants and everything, but yeah, long jump. I don't know, maybe 18. I mean, cause I did track when I was like a freshman or sophomore in high school for about 
five weeks before I quit. Um, so that was what, 1964, you said? Indeed. Well, uh, 1962, Washington Center's Tom Chaney struck out 21 Orioles in a 16-inning game, which that was back when you could pitch 205 balls in one Nin- game. And they were like, ah, you still got some gas in the tank. 1988, first regular season game played in Phoenix. The Cowboys beat the Cardinals. Uh, wait, wait, what year was that? 1988. Okay, so they moved from St. Louis to the to. Okay, I remember. Got a lot of Cardinals mentions in this day of history. Love, well, you know, it's a story franchise. As a little kid, I remember. I, you know, I started buying football magazines and stuff when I was a little kid, like seven, eight years old, and I I do remember St. Louis Cardinals stuff in one year and then the next year it was phoenix but 88 apparently was the year that that happened uh more in your neighborhood eric in 1971 the u.s open uh in forest hills which we learned yesterday is just still the same tennis complex uh just rebranded but stan smith who makes him has an amazing pair of adidas shoes you should look into uh uh, completed his first career grand slam he beat check star Jan Codes uh, in four four sets. Dear Stan. Stan Smith. That's all I do of my Eminem impression. Uh, Dwight Gooden sets rookie strikeout record 2-5-1. Two, 251 for Dr. K. Dwight Gooden. What, Doc. you said 84? Uh, what did I say? I did say 84. Yeah, I, I think in 84. Uh, and if you guys remember the summer of 98 when baseball got popular again, conveniently four years after the strike, uh, Cubs hitter Sammy Sosa became the fourth major leaguer yeah. to hit 60 home runs uh, in a season. And now no one cares. Things we were so big then that no one cares about. You know, I was just thinking about the other day, Ashizer, is it was the, uh, you know, it was the home run trade chase that actually created the below ticker that would go through the commercials. The bottom line ticker on ESPN you know, it's like that would go on during Sports Center, but when they cut to a commercial, it would just go off with it. So you would you would sit there trying to watch your Red Sox or Royal score, and then cut to commercial, and uh, you'd have to wait for it to come around again after they came back to commercial. And sometimes you would be in the wrong place, and you'd keep missing it. But yeah. I remember distinctly during this season was this is where you would come home after a night out, and you'd go, oh, they give you the Griffey, you know, you give a Seattle score or a Cardinal score or a Cubs score, and it would tell you, hey. Ken Griffey hit number 48 or Mark McGuire hit 56 and 57. It was a very interesting, you know, that was, that was the, you know, we, and that we guys, we didn't have this on our phones. We didn't, you know, it was like, you, this well, is how you got information. You sat at a computer to get online. I remember, I mean, it kind of created a ticker on the sports page. I remember in Kansas city, they had a thing at the top of the fold, like right. cut into the paper, printed on, right. printed on the corner that immediately That's what you wanted to gave know, you that information. National- as soon as you saw the paper, like the front of the paper paper, you know, when they were getting into 55, 56, it had the trajectory. Right. I remember earlier was, on that season, Griffey was even in the fold. Like he had had eight home runs in six games or something. Um, we were working on the, we were, I was working on the Hughleys that summer. It was season one of the Hughleys, D.L. Hughley show. And uh, the writers, we all stopped what we were doing, went into the production building, got into the executive producer, producer Coral Hawthorne's office. We watched that home run together live. I mean, you know, you think about how much things don't happen that we don't gather together to watch things live as much as we once did. That was something, you know, that was something we all did. You know, there were things we really watched together. Yeah. No, that was, it brought baseball back. I mean, a lot of people were angry after 94. After the strike, absolutely. 
So, um, and no one, and I don't care what they said. No one cared about how how long Cal Ripken played. He should have taken days off. He ruined that <laughs> franchise. I was a Mark fool. Messi, I invested Messi in Ripken cards his, when I was twelve. Oh, good. Um, uh, Mark, uh, Mark I, I just heard today that uh, invest in Booster Gold number one comics from the eighties. I think I may have that, but I don't know if it's in mint condition. Anyway, that's just trying to create a buzz on the street about it. Two thousand five, Mark Messier announced on ESPN Radio. He was retiring from the NHL, so uh, that was the end for Mark Messier. That's more you. I was never really a hockey fan. The only games I ever went to was a Junior I Blades. Just, you know, I, like, look, if you're listening to everyone in Canada, you know, I really enjoy that you spell Sports Center the other way with the RE. I, I enjoy, I enjoy, Caesar. If you ever go to Montreal or Toronto during the summer, you're gonna love it because the the ESPN is just like ours, but it's filled with like like how we have off season trades like you know the antonio brown story but this is all done with hockey free agency is it's amazing the uh, you know it's a hot stove league but in the summer it's really hilarious it was, i went into a hockey bar <laughs> of all places in san diego last month before the fourth of july and they had the the nhl network on and i will have to admit i was captivated by just the storylines i was like wow it's just like the the baseball network except for with hockey and and they do it in such a way that i am Am I starting to understand what's going on in the NHL? And like after a couple drinks, it like kind of shook off me a little bit, you know. So I didn't have to worry that it was going to like affect right. me on my way home and like stick around. But um, no, it's I acknowledge it. I, you know, it's like I don't hate it. I just don't. I just don't know much about it, and I never played it. That's the biggest problem. I never. I wish I could skate. I couldn't skate. I couldn't skate until I was like twenty-two years old. First time I really ice skated successfully was. Uh, at Universal City, like when I was 22, they had like ice skating at uh, Universal City Walk in Los Angeles, and because uh, I could even with double blades, all I do was hit, all I do was hit the uh, my ass on the ice. Hey, Sheezer, I gotta go to go hang out with Mark Stevens at the Valhalla at 54th and 9th right now. So she's that's the end of it for me. You Perfect. wrap up. Thanks, yeah, everybody. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Absolutely. We'll see. Stay we'll up, see you tomorrow. Stay obsessed, everybody. Bye. Yeah. So really, yo, just, yo, to, yo. just to wrap that up, I mean. We can kind of just go uh, 2011, Novak Djokovic actually wins his first title. I think he's at seven, 16 now. I know Federer just got uh, – but he's third. But And then uh, I know Sampras has like 12 or something. So that's uh, Djokovic in 11. Um, this one's kind of important as a Dodger fan who just won their – you know they just got their seventh consecutive division title. The Braves in 2006 um, – Beat the Mets six to four, and New York, and the well. So I guess the Mets. Wait, hold on. Okay, that's right. Two thousand six. This is the date that their fourteen consecutive division titles came to an end. The Dodgers are halfway there. I know being a Jayhawks basketball fan, they won fifteen, sixteen straight Big Twelve titles. But uh, and more recently, two thousand seventeen, uh, Corey Kluber. Uh, pitched a complete game uh, to extend the Indians' winning streak to 20. Uh, I know they later beat the Royals a bunch to go on to win. I believe it was 23 straight games. But that will conclude today's September 12th, uh, this day in sports history, Sportaholics. Guys, if you've got any questions, any suggestions, send them in. I'm digging this format. Just kind of it's stats, you know, like a, you know, it's the shit you can argue. Uh, maybe learn some stuff. You know, guys, remember, 1984, Dwight Gooden sets the strikeout record, 251. Uh, first regular season game in Phoenix, 
1988 today. It's the Cowboys. Stuff we covered earlier. But guys, stay obsessed. We'll be back. The Bible doesn't make you buy as you that's make the Bible And you better try to remember that it's in your head The Bible is a very tricky thing of all of hype And it's not easy to try to see the way things are And they always be Live in the Bible, baby Your Bible's not reality You've got to have a look outside Nothing in the Bible is that way it's supposed to be when it blows, y'all hit that ground Living the Bible, baby, but it's not the place to be Cause it's a place of lies and hate Don't believe the Bible, cause it's nothing but a dream And when it blows, y'all be Inside your mind, I'm making you forget where you're from and what's behind. Hells and it's suspicious how the will is now your friend. And getting them return 1,000 more than whatever you could ever send.